Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. So as, as G.J. did a great job kicking off uh, about passion last week, we know from uh, uh, the uh, Webster's and, and description of passion is an overwhelming intense desire. Now, many people, when they think about passion, they think about a sexual passion or a physical passion in this. But we're going to take this, and, and if, if you look at that alone, and even that in the world today has been really distorted a lot, you say, man, Pastor, I'm hearing some stuff in church today that's really uh, uh, making me squirm a little bit. Well, that's okay. I mean, if you can't hear it in church, there's something wrong, right? And that's been the problem a lot of times is the church has shied away from a lot of things. But I want to, I want to talk to you a little about, bit about your passion for, if you notice on this, it's, it ha, we're talking about a passion for God. We're talking about a passion that involves God, and it involves life where we're at today. And so um, I'm going to present to you the passion for God this morning on the, on the level that uh, everything else falls underneath of that. Um, uh, turn in your Bible. We'll look at a couple of, of, of verses here, one that you're very familiar with. Turn over to Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew 6.33. You could quote that, I know. But uh, we're going to look at that uh, uh, one thing in there. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, says, but, and this is Jesus speaking, right? It's the words in red here, Jesus speaking. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's the first thing? Seeking first the kingdom of God or seeking God in the way he conducts, the way he operates, praise God. Seek first, seek ye first, that's first place, and, and his righteousness, and then what? All these things shall be added unto you. Now we know that he's talking about this uh, falls right after what? Don't take any thought of what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or where or anything uh, you know, look at the birds of the air, how they're taken care of, and the lilies of the field. How much more does your heavenly Father care about you and will provide for you and I? So he says, now take no thought concerning these things. Oh, what am I going to do? Why? Because our Father's business is to take care of his children. Now, you know, a, a, a good father will be a good provider, and uh, being a good provider is not just bringing home a good paycheck. It has to. It, it's, it provides for the needs of the home, whatever that may be. And it goes extends a lot further than just a, a paycheck being brought home. It, it takes care of providing whatever that family needs for that family to grow up healthy and whole and strong. Praise God. And so, how much more will our Father be that provider to us and take care of us? But the contingency. On that is doing what? Seeking first. Putting God first place. Everything that he is. Going after him with everything we've got. And so what we're going to do, if passion is an, over -tense, uh, an overwhelming intense desire, how do we get that? Let me, let me say something that uh, especially the men can connect with this, most men, uh, and, uh, is uh, 
uh, uh, uh, on the level of food. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I got some amens there. <laughs> um, have you ever... Um, have you ever been walking by a street vendor or, or walking by or walked into somebody's house and they're cooking something and it smells so good? All at once, man, the juices start flowing and, and you start slobbering a little bit, you know, and you think, man, I wasn't even hungry until I came this route or went in this house. Um, kind of reminds me of one time when I was down in Mexico many years ago working on a job down there that uh, there was a uh, walk, and, and I was like, I started walking down the street, and I was probably, I don't know, three blocks away, and I started getting this, this smell coming down the street, and I'm thinking, man, I wasn't even hungry, but I am now. This smells really good. So what I do is start following my nose, naturally, <laughs> and, uh, and came up to this place, and here was this lady sitting on a stool, and she had this kind of like a, Cauldron, kind of like a, uh, a, a kettle, uh, fueled with propane. It was probably about three foot in diameter, and she had all kinds of those little potatoes and little onions and and and, and some beef and chicken and all kinds of stuff in there cooking it. And I mean, you know, man, the smell of that was just uh, wonderful. And man, the longer I stood there, the more I knew I had to have some of that. Right? It hadn't been that long since I ate, but all of a sudden something was stirred on the inside of me for that. I didn't care if I was hungry or not. I all of a sudden got hungry. <laughs> I got passionate about having me some of that. <laughs> well, uh, what, what stirred that? It was, it was the smell, the aroma coming. My senses were stirred in that. So sometimes I think about, you know, when it has to do with, with food or, or uh, many other things, sometimes once our five physical senses, once they're touched in some way, sometimes leads us to the place of, of, of stirring up a desire. And sometimes almost it gets to that place of an intense, overwhelming desire. I've got to have some of that. Well, it, but it starts, it, 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 it's generated the more that we expose ourselves to that, right? So can I present to you that when you begin to spend time uh, with the Father God in His presence, then isn't there something that's just stirred on the inside for more? You know what I'm talking about? I remember when I first uh, gave my life to the Lord, um, that there was a there was a, a, such a change that took place on the inside that there was a desire for more. This change that took place uh, because I was at a very dark place in my life at that time, a place of rebellion, a place of hatred and a lot of things, all of a sudden that was washed clean and, and, and on the inside of there was a freshness, a newness that I had never experienced before and it's, it led to me to say, this is so good, I want more of this. But yet I see Christians in their life once after, after they've experienced that by not, by not uh, 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 feeding that or, putting, or receiving more in that or, or going striving to get more of that kind of go their way and, and, and forget about those things that just happened and took place. 
The Bible even discusses that, talks about, you know, looking into the mirror, that if we're not careful, we walk away from the mirror of the Word of God and we forget what manner of man we are. And so uh, by the busies of this world and the busies of this life, all of a sudden that begins to, to cause the things that just took place in our life to begin to, to haze over, begin to get a little foggy, begin to kind of blend into the background. And so we can see from that there's a part to play in continuing to keep that stirred up, right? And this here in, in Matthew 6.33, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness uh, portrays to us that there is a, something for us to do. There's a seeking to go after. You know, it was like when that smell was coming down the street, I began to follow my nose. I began to go towards it, and the closer I got towards it, the more it was stirred on the inside of me. I know that's very, you know, superficial as, a, as far as in, in, in as the description, but you get the point, and that I had a part to play in that. Now, it, it's kind of like the, 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 the things of this world. A lot of times people run towards them and towards the things that are, that are not right and the things that's going to cause problems in their life instead of running away from them. And by running towards them, their, quote, passion begins to be stirred for those things. And next thing you know, they find themselves in trouble or maybe in jail or something else, even, you know, losing their families and everything else. So it works in the, in, 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 the, in the dark side as well as in the light. But we see here if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will going to be added to us. It doesn't just, it's not just talking about just the things of our clothing, our, our food, and, and taking good care of us. Things in life, period. You know what, everybody knows what uh, John 10.10 says, right? The thief comes for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But then he says, but I have come that you might have life and have it what? Have that life more abundantly. And so abundant, what is abundant life? Uh, you know, I, I'm in a position that, uh, you know, I uh, uh, sadly sometimes uh, are involved in many people's last days here on this earth or or when things are not working so well and there's a term that's used and you've heard it used a lot it's called quality of life the quality of life is very important for mankind if we just are living our life and just existing that's no quality of life but when a quality of life entails uh, living your life and enjoying it and being productive in life enjoying what you're doing, being productive, excelling in it, and taking others with you in it. And so uh, having a good quality of life is important to us, right? And God wants that to be here in, 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 in John 10.10. 10. Uh, 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 but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It's kind of a, a, a snapshot into that uh, good quality of life that God wants us to have. And we know that the, 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 the quality of life is dependent upon what we do in this life, who we serve, who we put first. Because within the natural, you only go so far. But praise God, when you tap into God and God himself, you take the limits off. All of a sudden, there is much more quality available. There is, the sky is not the limit, praise God. 
God will do things in your life. He'll take you places. He'll, he'll get you in contact with people. He'll do things in your life that would never, ever otherwise be possible. You can't buy your way. You can only buy your way so much. You can only do this or that so much. But when you put God first, all of a sudden, God begins to open doors that no man can open. All of a sudden, things begin to happen in your life, and things begin to get stirred, and you find yourself in a place that you never would have even dreamt of because you have a Father that loves you, and He's able to open those doors and put you in those unique places that are just incredible. I've had that happen. I'm speaking from experience. You know, I've talked before about how that there's things that God's done in my life I've never asked for, and it was just, it's just been such a blessing. It's just because it was maybe a, a desire of my heart. Maybe it was a hidden desire. Maybe I never even expressed it, but God knew that it was special to me, and all of a sudden, I, I begin to experience that. That was God. That wasn't me going after it and making it happen and doing things. You know, it was kind of like, you know, after I went to Israel in 88, uh, you know, after I came back and I thought, you know, and, 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 and you know, I thought, man, I'd love to go again one of these times. This would really be good. And, and, and never even dreamed that, you know, this would be something that would come to me. And then I thought, man, I'd love for Pastor Nancy to go too. I'd love for her to experience it. And we're down in Texas in January and we get a phone call and, and uh, she gets a phone call and says, hey, uh, would you want to go to, to Israel? So if you want to go, it's all expenses paid to go. It's like somebody handing her a $5,000 bill. With me, it was almost the same way. It cost me 800 bucks was all it cost me because uh, uh, of sponsorships that went, you know, because of being a, uh, a, uh, an area or a uh, uh, Wyoming State Director for CUFI. But those things came. We didn't ask for them. God began to work that in our lives. And as you begin to press into God, the more that you begin to seek Him in His face, He begins to take care of these other things that may affect you in life so that your quality of life is better. Why would God want to do that for me concerning Israel and stuff? Because I work with people concerning Israel. And, and, and now it's like I, I am much more equipped, I feel much better equipped, and I've already been able to help people since I've been back. And, and uh, you know, one thing uh, uh, this morning, Pastor uh, uh, Scott Keekover up in Billings, Montana, um, I uh, got in contact with him yesterday. Uh, gonna, he's never had Kufi in. And um, I can guarantee you this is going to open some doors in his ministry and things up there and the people in his church and, and around there. It's pretty special. Well, and, and, and then the pastors here, Pastor Bobby Cauldron down in, in, uh, in uh, um, uh, um, um, Laramie, uh, where Lauren goes to church now down there making that acquaintance and getting him hooked up to go. Pastor uh, Arlen Hughes down in Saratoga and Rock Springs. Um, it was through my connection that he's able to go. Pastor Pat uh, Alphen up in Cody. All these doors has opened up because I choose to step into that. God provided other means. So what I'm saying is when you begin to put God first, all of a sudden your quality of life begins to take off. I mean, increase begins to happen in places and things that you would never do on your own or could never get there. But God opens those doors supernaturally. So 
so, so talking about passion, the more that we fuel our passion for the things of God, the more we go after him, the more, I, I like to say it this way, in, in prayer, one time I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this, you take care of my business, I'll take care of yours. That pretty well sums it up. You take care of my business, I'll take care of yours. Let me ask you something. Uh, Kevin and Ashley, you've got uh, a house full of children. <laughs> Did I say that correctly? Is it a, is it like, a like a million sometimes? <laughs> uh, but they're a blessing of the Lord, praise God. And um, have a beautiful family. And uh, there's things in your home uh, with your children that, let me, ask you the, let me ask you just this question. The better behaved they are, the more attention they pay to following through with orders and, and being a productive member of your household, does that begin to... Uh, um, does that begin to influence you more on how much better quality of life that you're going to make for them? <laughs> you, you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> if mama's not happy, nobody's happy, right? <laughs> yeah, Kevin says, yeah, yeah, I got that. <laughs> but but is, isn't that true, though? I mean, the more they follow through the 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 more obedient they are the more that they play their role as a family member as they should the more doors it begins to open to their lives right the more it wants to you wants you to incentivize them the more it wants you to give and and to bless them and how much more is our heavenly father to us than a natural family the closer we draw to him then the more that the, the things that begin to unfold in our lives, okay? So let me say this, the more passionate, and, and, and this all derives from this relationship. Everybody say relationship. A relationship with our Heavenly Father. The, the better relationship we have with Him, the closer we draw to Him, the more passionate we are about, God, we need you. In, I need you in my life. I, I want you to be first place in my life. Then the more that we do that, the more He moves into our life and is able to funnel into our life things that we would never uh, get, never do, or, or places would never be. So... So, so, so let me say it like this. I just kind of jotted some things down here. The closer our relationship is with the Father, the more we will experience the benefits. Everybody say benefits. How many of you know there's benefits to serving God? Amen? People say, well, how do you, how do you have that? How do you experience that? How have you, how's this all worked out for you? It's because I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm receiving the benefits of being in the family. But it's not just about being in the family. It's about being tight in the family. You know what I mean by that? In other words, you're doing your part. You're pressing into God. And as you're doing that, all of a sudden, doors begin to open that you never experienced before. So the closer the relationship with the Father, the more we will experience the benefits, the more of those benefits we'll begin to receive in our lives. Like, for instance, 
Let's take revelation and understanding. Revel, things being revealed to us. There was never in my life, there was never things revealed, or I never saw things to the magnitude I saw until after I got born again, especially filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and, and the enlightenment began to come. But guess what? It's only grew deeper. It's all only grew more with time. As the relationship is developed and grows deeper, so does the revelation, so does the understanding in this. Are you with me? And so it's, 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 it's based on this relationship we, with him. Mitch, you and I were kind of talking about similar, kind of like this. And it begins to come. The revelation, the understanding becomes, begins to come. How about the blessings of the Lord without measure? I mean, the blessings of the Lord, every time you turn around, there's just a special blessing in, in something coming your way or something being done or something. Oh, there's hardships around. It's in the world. We know that as long as we're in the world, we're going to experience these things. But, but, even, but greater than those are those blessings of just as serving him. All of a sudden, they begin to come in. Praise God. So, guess what? Those things begin to deepen the more our relationship deepens. They're in direct perspective with that, right? Proportion with that. They're proportional with that. The closer we draw to God in, the, in this relationship, the, the more passionate we are about our relationship with God, the, all of a sudden, the more these blessings just begin to unfold. It was really, really cool. This week, I had the honor of of going and and visiting with someone that's a member of this church and and uh, and she began to just to talk about how that how that she's just uh, she can't get enough of God and she just began to weep and it just blessed me so much to see her heart and I just started bawling sitting there with her I said stop it <laughs> you know but it was so precious to see that you know she talked about how that uh, it wasn't too, just too awful long ago that it wasn't that way but as she began to see God and began to uh, uh, the more that she's been able to attend Word of Faith and, and grow and to learn and, and the Word has been more uh, a first place she's, the more that the relationship within her with God has been, been cultivated and, and she's just wanting more of God. So I just can't get enough of God to see what God's done and my children and, is doing. And, and she said, it's just, it's just it's so awesome. And it just was such a blessing to see her heart because that's what we pray for here. We pray that, that each of you are, are not content where you're at, but that you're passionate about wanting more of God. God, I want more of you. I remember what it was like when I first got born again. And, and still, even to this day, I said, God, I, don't, I, I just want more of you. God, there's no limits with you. And our desire for each one of you is that you stir on the inside. You say, God, I've got to have more of you. It's all about you. It's about your love for me. It's about, I know everything else is secondary to that. And it will be. And it'll, fall, it'll, it'll run right down from every, every bit of that from the relationship standpoint. Every bit of that. But those blessings without measure the peace of God that you walk in. The more that your relationship with God grows and the stronger it is, the more peace that you're going to walk in. 
the more, the less the things of the world is going to bother you or mess with you at all, the more the peace of God is going to be prevalent in your life. The direction, the leadership of the Holy Spirit the more that you grow in your relationship with God, the more passionate you are, you and I are with our, in our relationship with God, the more that we're going to sense every move. This is the right way. This is the way I need to go. This is what I don't need to do. This is what I do need to do. It begins to all fall into place. And it's all under that relationship. Not religion. Relationship. Amen? How about wisdom to know how to handle, how to deal with things? Guess what? The more deeper that relationship is, the more wisdom you have just tapped into. You're tapping into more and more. When you're sitting reading your Bible, reading the Word of God, communing with your Father, just receiving His blessings, all of a sudden on the inside, the wisdom of God is beginning to stir more and more. You're privy to information that only he has. The kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So passion goes a long way. It has much to do in our relationship with God to what God has provided for every one of us. What about the favor of God? I expect the favor of God. When I go down to the city and do business, when I go places, I expect God's favor to go before me. I don't care what nobody's been able to do before. Guess what? It's time for the favor of God to show up and things to be done that was never done before. There's something on the inside of me that stirs me. Just tell me I can't do something. And I'm telling you, it's a great opportunity to show God off. Because I guarantee you, God will open doors that no man can open. When man say there's no way, just hide and watch. Praise God. Because we serve a big God. We serve a big God. And it comes out from our relationship with Him. It comes about being passionate about our Father about loving him, desiring more of him. God, I won't be satisfied until I have more of you in my life. In the morning, in the noontime, in the evening, in the middle of the night, when my children are, are battling with something health-wise, I know I can call upon you and your presence will flood that place because I'm in relationship with you. Hallelujah. Thank God, thank God that poverty is under the curse. I grew up in a home that, you know, uh, we fixed everything with a brazing, cutting torch, a baling wire, you named it, we fixed it. We lived way back in the country, up in Ohio, and... Uh, if you couldn't mail order from Sears and Roebuck or something, you know, you made it. And I remember making parts for our equipment, our balers, our, our, our tractors or whatever. I remember making gears and cogs and cutting them out and heating them up in the, in the, in the fire and, 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 and punching them and working with them and beating them out and doing all kinds of stuff. We made stuff, and it really... 
and I didn't realize at the time, but I grew up in that, and it was almost a poverty mentality because we didn't have money to work with. We ate off the land, which was good, but I longed for a, 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 a loaf of bread from the store. We had to eat whole wheat that we ground, you know, and it was like people say, oh, yeah, you're good stuff. Yeah, it was a good stuff, but we didn't know. It was like, okay, when you eat it every day and that's your diet, it's like, give me some junk food, okay? <laughs> Please. I remember, I remember the first... I think I was probably, I don't know, I must have been 13, 12, 13 years old before I ever drank my first pop. And uh, it was Coke, long necks bottles. My, uh, my brother-in-law had brought, and it was a wooden case full of long neck bottles because he loved Coke. And uh, he would, and of course, Dad wouldn't allow us to, to drink anyway, even if we had any, you know, pop or anything like that. Well, when he left, so he drank it when he was there, but boy, you know, I wasn't allowed to touch it or anything. And when he left, there was about six bottles left, and he says, hey, I'm going to stick these down in the cellar for you. You can have them. And I was like, hoo <laughs> And I remember drinking pop for the first time, Coke. It was like, man. Anyway. <laughs> It was something that, you know, it was just like, uh, you know, just give me something different because we'd been used to, you know, it's amazing how when you're, you have all that, this good stuff and then something that's not good presents itself and it's, you think that's the best there is. And of course, since that time, I've, uh, I've learned, you know, that, uh, that there's, um, um, most people don't have all the good things that we was raised with. But we were raised in, in that poverty mentality. If the car broke, I mean, we wired it together or whatever. We didn't have it fixed right. We didn't, because we didn't have the money to do it. And so after I got out from home, there was that, I began to follow the same suit with that about, you know, uh, well, just, you know, man, we don't want to spend the money. I, I remember when we first uh, got married, that uh, you know, I had just had on my own, just you know, rent a center, rental furniture, stuff that did fall apart when you, you know, we have our friends over, we get in a wrestling match, and it was just pieces laying over the floor. <laughs> That's how it was made. It was just junk. And so when we got married, Pastor Nancy wanted to go down and go down to a nice a furniture store, and I remember, I remember this was in 1980. 81, 82, we uh, bought a set of furniture. It was uh, $2,800. Might as well have been a million at that time for me because I was only making like four or five bucks an hour, I think, at that time. Five bucks an hour, six bucks an hour, something like that. And uh, so we went down and looked at it, and it was the sofa and the love seat and the chair and the coffee table, I think, and, and it was like, $2,800, $2,000, are you kidding me? Furniture? Guys, is, should that be your response? No. Yes, dear. <laughs> Whatever you want, dear. <laughs> I did not realize how much wisdom was in that purchase. 
we kept that that furniture lasted us through, through three roughhousing boys that wrestled on that and everything else. Never, never tore it up a bit. Matter of fact, we re, re um, covered, had it recovered uh, uh, um, at one point because the frame and everything was still so sturdy, made out of a solid oak, and you know it was good stuff. I didn't see the importance of that. Well, she was a big help in busting my bubble on this on this uh, uh, poverty mentality thinking. So I had to get out of that. And then, uh, and then I told you the story about one time going down to uh, have the annual done on my plane and several thousand dollars. This was in, down in Oklahoma many years ago. And I was mumbling and grumbling about it. Oh, God, it's the time to spend all this money again. And all at once on the inside, I heard the Spirit of God speak on the inside. Son, what difference does it matter what it costs if I'm footing the bill? I'll never forget that. I said, forgive me, Lord. And God brought that money in. And it began to set me on a journey of some different things like that. It began to set me on a journey of different thinking. Everybody's got a chokehold of a, of, of, uh, when it comes to finances. Paying this and this and finally, everybody in here, you get to a certain point, you'll say, mm, I don't know about that. Trust me. Because of the way we're conditioned. But the importance is that we begin to move that up and begin to expect that with God there's no, there's no limits. Amen. We're growing. We're changing. Praise God. What's that about? Because God wants to do more. And many times why he can't do more is we can't perceive it. If you can't perceive it, you can't receive it. It's the seed. If you can't allow that seed to be planted, you'll never bear the fruit of that. Does that make it more clear? Once you and I are able to receive the seed, and that's why we have to, in our relationship with God, the more we grow with him, the more we're passionate about him and growing with him, the more we're able to receive when daddy says something, when our father says something to us, it's like he loves us so much. We can receive it. We can receive what he's given us. But until that relationship is generated to that place, you'll have a threshold. Well, the important thing is that we continue to raise that. God wants that raised in our life. As we seek him first and put him first, these other things begin to come into our life. They begin to have a, have a great place in our life. So God doesn't want you to, if you if you've grew up under poverty, if you, it's under the curse, I'm telling you. It's part of the curse of the law that Jesus died for. He says it clearly in his word. He said, the Bible says he was made poor so that we could be made rich. And that word rich isn't just about money. It's rich in all areas of life. Because we've got a father that loves us. Let me ask you this. How able are you to walk in divine health without God's help? Healing is one thing, but divine health is something totally different. Healing is if you're sick, you get healed. Divine health is not even getting sick. I like that better. 
Guess what? Isaiah 53, uh, 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 1 Peter 2, talk about what? He himself bore my sickness and diseases in his own body on the tree. Being dead to sins, I should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes I was healed. He bought and paid for that. Amen? Well, guess what? That's, that's healing, but thank God that God's provided for us that we could walk and in health and not even get sick hallelujah that's why things come along I said I refuse the right of that to live in my body why should I live with something Jesus died for I refuse it and you can too hallelujah so we have a right to divine health it's a promise it's one of the things that Jesus died for if we let me say it this way these different things that Jesus took on the cross and that he worked through for us, if we, if we refuse to walk in them, it's like a slap in the face of Jesus said, what you did was not enough. I beg to differ with you. It was enough. Hallelujah. It was enough. And so the health that God provided for us is available to us. Now I will say this the more my relationship has deepened with my Father, the closer I've drawn to Him, the easier it is for me to walk in divine health. Why? Because I know I'm in Him and He's in me, and sickness has no part in me. I'm just saying from my point of view, and it's available to anybody. This another of the provisions, another of the blessings that's av available to us the more that our passion is stirred for our Father. The more our relationship grows with Him. The closer we are with Him. Hallelujah. Turn to uh, Matthew, the fifth chapter. No, um, yeah, just back up just a little bit. Matthew 5. And let's look at verse, uh, hallelujah. Remember all the blesseds are, Beatitudes, verse 5, bless, uh, bless, uh, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. What's going to happen? For they shall be filled. So we're not going to be filled unless we hunger and thirst. There's a part we play in that, right? Whenever we play our part, we do our part to hunger and thirst, guess what? We'll be filled. How do we, how do we hunger and thirst? There's, we've got to do something to stir up our hunger. Did you know somebody can't stir your hunger for you? If I invite you over for dinner and you say, well, I'd love to eat, but I'm not hungry. I can say all I want to. Kevin, you're going to be hungry. You hear me? <laughs> And it won't do any good. Yes, sir, whatever. But it's still not going to affect him, right? He's the only one that's going to stir that. <laughs> now, if you present yourself to that as part of it, that it can begin to stir. But really, you think about it. How do, you, how do you get hungry for food in the natural? You burn off the food that you've already consumed, okay? 
if you've if you've had a meal, you know, four or five hours. You, it can even be three or four hours ago, especially some of you young people. It can be thirty minutes. Uh, <laughs> those of you that have young people, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right, Daisy? <laughs> 30 minutes later, you just ate 30 minutes ago. Yeah, but I'm hungry. <laughs> I know, we raised three boys, right? And so uh, the point is you can have eaten two, three hours ago or whatever, but if you're going out and you're working and you're burning that off, it won't take long you get hungry again. So what do you got to do? You got to use what you've been given first before it provides a, a desire for more. Is there a message in that? I reckon so. Many Christians are not using what they've gotten, therefore they have no hunger for God. That's one thing, and I don't mean to be critical of it, it's just something that we saw a lot when we were in Oklahoma, you know, being the Bible Belt there. I mean, it's just almost, it goes, you go to a church to preach or whatever, it's kind of like, well, let's just see what you got to give us. You know, it's not, it's not like, I'm hungry, I want more. You've got to use what you've got. If you, want to, if you want to begin to be more passionate, if you want to begin to more of a, a, a hunger for the things of God, use what you've got. Begin to use what you've got. Begin to apply yourself. Begin to do something with what you've been given. And it begins to generate a thirst and a hunger for more. So we do play a part of that, don't we? It's not God make us hungry. God make us thirsty. No. There's a part that we play in that. We stir up that, we produce that hunger and thirst by using what we've, what we've got. Hallelujah. All right. Now, let's look at, uh, I need to hurry here and get through. Let's look at uh, Psalms 34. Let's go over to Psalms. Psalms 34. And we're going to look at verse... Eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. <coughs> taste. Did he say, oh, I'm going to show you the Lord's good. No, he said there's a part you have to play. You have to taste. You have to partake of. Parents, have you ever tried to get your, food, your kids to taste something? No, they didn't want to taste it. They never tasted it before. Had no idea what it was. <laughs> Uh, obviously, you guys have. Have you ever done? Have you ever ever uh, uh, um, introduced a food or something, and they didn't want to, and they tasted, and then sometimes they maybe didn't want to admit it, but you knew right away they really liked it. <laughs> oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, I will say this. If your appetite has been for the things of the world and you've not been tasting of the goodness of the Lord, it's going to taste different to you. You might have to begin to develop your taste a little bit. And a lot of that has to do sometimes with maybe the people that you're hanging out with, what you're watching, what you're hearing. Oh, no. Going to meddling now. Praise God. It's true. It's what we set up for our surroundings. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
not there yet. Taste the goodness of the Lord. <laughs> He's good. He's good. He's very good. He's got more than you ever dream available. things that you never experienced in your life and never thought you would experience as you begin to seek after him he'll open those doors it's real easy to begin to believe the lie of the enemy and say this is this is all you ever do in life this is as high as you ever go guess what satan is the biggest liar he's the father of all lies your heavenly father has things that you know not of. Hallelujah. It was Psalm 68, or 63. Psalm 63. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, our Father loves us. Psalm 63 and verse... One, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. <clears throat> to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live, I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. My right hand upholdeth me. Now, I want to uh, read this out of the, the Passion Translation. This is really good. Now think about this in the form of passion. Oh God, my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described, such yearnings grip my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately, and with all my heart my arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you, for the anointing of your presence satisfy me like nothing else. You're such, a rich, you're such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night until your splendor shadow off, offerings up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip of my life. I keep my soul close to my heart. Wow. Wow. 
Isn't that good? Is that passion or what? Is that an intense, overwhelming desire saying, God, I've got to have more of you. I've got to have more of you, God. I've got to have more of you. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. My desire in this message today is to have something stirred on the inside of you to say, God, I want more. When, I, when we was in Israel and I was at that uh, pastor's place, his church over there that I told you about, how, uh, uh, that, uh, how they came up behind him and beat him with chains and said, you'll never pastor again, left him for dead. Now he says, We'll all preach longer, all preach louder. We'll sing louder, praise God, than we ever did before. They messed with the wrong person. And there's such a passion in him and a passion in their congregation to say, God, in the midst of all the darkness that's in that Palestinian area, such, a, such darkness around, yet saying, God, we know that you set us here to be the light. They can only be that way because of their relationship with the Heavenly Father. You and I can only be who we are in relationship to our Heavenly Father. Everything else comes down from there, derives from there. That's where we receive our strength, or that's where we receive our wisdom. That's where we receive our direction. That's where we receive everything that we receive is from the Father. And you don't buy it, you can't work your way through it. It's out of relationship. It's out of being passionate for him, saying, God, I want more. When you read your Bible, think about, I'm stirring passion in me. Lord, I want more of your word. Lord, I want to eat your word. I want to receive it. I want to devour it. I want to take in your love for me and your goodness for me and everything that you have for me. Nobody can make you and I do it. Nobody can get you and I to that place except us. It's our choice. It's our choice. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.